Okay. Just for everyone, everyone to know, this is the second time we tried this podcast. We did six <laughs> intros on the first time. Then we were like six minutes six in. Six minutes in. And yeah. I was like, no, I didn't like. I didn't like how I was going. Jade was perfect, but I didn't like how I was doing in the podcast. That's exactly how we argue too. By the way, so, I'm being perfect, and you. I didn't like problems. The, I didn't like where I was at in that <laughs> podcast. So I started from scratch. I brought it back. Right. So this podcast, we're here to talk about. Well, first of all, let's get introductions in. I forgot we did this already. The one, the only, the great, my better half, Jade Pacheco. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Can you say that any quieter? <laughs> Thanks. There that you was go. great. Thank, you forgot dog mom, hero. All those things. All Future those baby mama. You can't say anything bad about this woman. There's never any, yeah. You can never yeah. say anything bad about this you woman. You definitely can't or else I won't feed you. There you I'm go. just starve. <laughs> There's always Postmates. They always call me the Postmates king for no reason. Just on a side note, Ezra is the Postmates king. Yeah, and I've earned the crown. In his single life. The crown is earned. Not anymore. <laughs> no, I'm still, we're still a Postmates. I still we barely, order, you're we still like, order Postmates a good amount. No, it's like once a week. This time it was two because we didn't order Postmates last week. Anyways, this has nothing to do with... It was with so bad with the Postmates that we literally had to make a rule that it could only be once a week. Yeah, it was. But, but in our defense, we did have COVID for a little bit. And we were sick, so we could not, we could not make any food, and that was way back. Yeah, it was in like October, months ago, though. Three weeks into dating. Okay. <laughs> so, so, anyways, anyways. Back, okay. Back to the podcast. Okay, so, so it's good to be back. This is the mouthpiece. This is the mouthpiece podcast. It's good to be back. Um, now I'm getting this. I would like to have got this podcast out maybe four days ago, right? But right now we're in the process and thanks to jay's brother that was working on our sound of getting this more professionally done oh yeah so Shout it's better out. so it's better on your ears so if you want if you if you if the, this one sounds better right and the last one sounds a lot better there's a reason for that and it's jay's brother thanks ryan thanks ryan <laughs> and um so there's a big fight this weekend right and it's free well it's not free it's not espn but i consider that free you're not paying 60 bucks on pay-per-view so does that mean you just have to have ESPN? You just you have to have ESPN. It? Not even ESPN Plus. Just ESPN. Miguel Miguel Burchout, right? Who's one of my favorite fighters to watch versus Oscar Valdez. In this fight, right, is it's uh it's to show who's gonna go to that who's gonna go to the next level to prove they might have the chance of being elite in the weight division and in boxing. What now, weight is it? This is 130 pounds. Hundred 2830 pounds it's within those weights classes uh, okay. okay they're in their grace weight yeah i just yeah I, i'm not sure if it's exactly 130 or 128 but they're right there with javante davis uh shakur stevenson they're all right there with a, a bunch of good contenders uh, jamal herring uh carl frampton a lot of good contenders at this weight class and all these guys are trying to see who the best guy is in that weight now right now it'll probably be tank davis but miguel burchell is right there to me, right behind uh, Tank Davis, he's uh, Shakur Stevenson is coming up as probably like the top prospect of the weight class. Is this the same weight class as, sorry, side note, but Devin Haney? Devin and... Haney is one weight class above it okay. with Ryan Garcia and Teofimo Lopez. Okay. But they're they're all borderline right next to each other. If you wanted to, like, if, there, if the fight was, if there was a want for those guys to fight, they could make it happen. Oh, okay. There's, there's, there's a way to make it happen. So that's why this fight's so important because... There's big things for the winner of this of this fight, and uh, Burchell looks to me to be the favorite to win this fight, and that is because of 
the ability that he has, the ability to punch with either hand and to knock you out with either hand, the ability to move around the ring, the ability to uh, the balance on his feet, the the height that he fights at. So all his punches are coming downward. Uh, underrated defense. I mean, it's not the best defense, but there, there's defense in there. It's not just like if you were lazy and picking him and uh, just describing him, you would say he's an all uh, all attack, all offense fighter. He isn't. He has defense. He has a he has a uh, he's creative with his punches. He's got good shoulders that allow him for a punch from a lot of angles. Okay. He's just a very good fighter. He can punch from every distance, and he's got he's fighting. Your question. Uh, no, I just stats wise, I figured it out. So, okay. so part of the retake we did was we, we didn't know how tall these guys are, and that's one thing that I like. So, um, they're actually right around the same height. Oh, are they? What yeah. Is it? What is so, Mig- uh, Birchout. Birchout. I need to look at how that's spelled. But, anyways, he's 5'7, and Oscar Valdez is 5'6. Okay. So, now do me a favor, look at the reach on Birchout and Valdez, okay. because I believe that Birchout will have a longer reach. Um, but, it's funny that I, you know, the reason why I probably think that Burchell is so much taller than Oscar Valdez is literally the way they fight. Because Miguel Burchell fights tall and Oscar Valdez fights short. And that's just, see, they're the same, they're, they're same height, but the reason the ring presence feels different is because Burchell stands tall so his punches are coming downward. Whereas Oscar Valdez stands low so he can get under your shots and get into you. Yeah, you're right. So... Um, Burchell, <laughs> his reach is 71 and a half, mm-hmm. and a really Oscar Valdez is 66. Yes, so that's a huge reach advantage. What was your reach? My reach is, I think, 73. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so his reach is, is a, it's a huge advantage, and he, he, he utilizes his reach. He punches from every distance. That's the only thing about, or Oscar Valdez cannot punch from every distance. Mm-hmm. Oscar Valdez can only punch really from one distance, that's on the inside. From the outside, he really pushes his punches. And also, Valdez is only really strong with his left hand. Like, his left hand is his money shot. Not saying that he can't use the other hands. He can use them, but he's not getting the power, the leverage that he's getting in that left hand. And Miguel could punch from either hand and end the fight. Uh, so, what are, what's he, I mean, what are your predictions for this I, fight? What do you think? I predict Burchell's going to win. I think he's going to win by knockout. And the reason I say that is because... Oscar Valdez, I see a big hole in this game. And it's... He fights low, right? He dips down. He fights low. What do you mean? So when he fights, he bends his knees. He's kind of sitting down when he's fighting. Okay. He's kind of in a sitting position. Like oh, a squat Oh, are you position. saying, like, it does that put you in more... In, like, range of being punched a little... <laughs> like coming down? Yeah. Okay, so yes. So you're on the right thing. So he's low. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be low, but he's low. And when he moves to his right side, Burchelt, he I mean, uh, Valdez drops his left hand. It's a habit he does over and over again. He, when he moves to his right side, he drops his left hand. Well, Burchelt will jump all over that, and he will punch downward with his right hand. And I think when Burchelt finds that the first time, he will blitz him. And he will catch him. And Valdez has a questionable chin. He's been down a few times. He's had his jaw broken before. I think Miguel Burchelt's offense will just be too much for him. And I, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it... I expect it to happen around... I expect it to happen early because Valdez makes that mistake early. And yeah. I don't think Burchelt is a guy to take too long to figure you out. Are they southpaws? No, they are both orthodox. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are both. So they're, they're, they're going to be... They're going to be matching up perfectly. Like, it's not going to be... Uh, sometimes you get a southpaw or an orthodox fighter. Mm-hmm. It gets sloppy because their yeah. feet work are tangled. Yeah. 
not going to have that problem here. And the thing is, is Bertel's not going to have to look for Valdez because Valdez's style is, I'm going to come towards you. And that's like favors uh, Burchell. I, the, the thing I haven't seen Burchell fight is like a real smooth boxer. A guy that's going to defensively fight him. Oh. Now, the, Valdez might try that this fight. I think that'd be a mistake because he doesn't have the skill to do that. And it doesn't really match his style. Okay. So if you're saying all this, this is a good matchup then, right? It's an entertaining matchup. And okay. it's a good matchup, yes. Like on paper, it's, it's, it's the matchup I would say, yeah, you have to make this matchup. Uh, whether it turns out to like a great fight. Uh, that's questionable because I think that good matchups don't necessarily equal great fights. It's just a good matchup. It's a fight that needs to happen. It's a fight that should happen. But I don't know if it turns out to a great fight. I think it's going to turn out to uh, – I don't expect this fight to go decision. And if it goes decision, it will be a war. I expect it to be a a definitive win for Burchell. That's what I expect. And he will now go to the, the next level, right, and be, be considered one of the elite guys at that weight class. And maybe Shakur Stevenson, maybe the winner of Frampton uh, Herring. There, there's multiple big face, big fights that he can get from this. Um, Do we know any backstory on these guys? I know they're both from Mexico. They're both from Mexico. I think Oscar Valdez trains with actually Ryan Garcia's trainer okay. and Canel Alvarez's trainer. Mm-hmm. So the, the thought process on that is that his defense will be better on this fight. Okay. I don't necessarily think that's true because the problem is a lot of people have with uh, Canel Alvarez's trainer is he tries to make everybody Canelo Alvarez. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily work for everyone because they're not as talented as Canelo Alvarez or they don't have the body shit Canelo Alvarez has or they don't have the You know, I've never skills. seen him fight. Canelo Alvarez? No. And you're in a boxing podcast. I know. How pathetic. That's why, that's why you're perfect for this. You, I just know he's great because you say he's great. Oh, and he is great. Yes. So Oscar Valdez might do, try tricks that um, Canelo Alvarez has. But that doesn't necessarily work. It's not really, I don't really agree with that's how you train a fighter is that we do this and you're going to do that. I don't agree with that. So I, I don't he think. He could strengthen some weaknesses he might have though. I, I could, I mean, maybe not change the style entirely, but to work on some weaknesses that, you, you know, I could see that, you know, especially if the, you're saying that he drops his left hand, who knows, maybe he gets some awareness to that. Maybe. You know. The only issue I have is that what I've seen the the trainer train before is that he tries to seem to make everyone do the same head movement that Canelo does and everything like that. And you, I don't believe that's why you train a fighter. I believe you you in, you increase the skills he already has. You enhance the ability that he already has. And work I, on the weaknesses. That yeah. And I think that sometimes these trainers hit gold like with one fighter like the Mayweathers you know with Floyd that they try to get everyone to do the same style that this guy did but you just had hit gold with that guy. Right. Right. I sometimes like I see this like it's going to a different sport. Um no, well you could you could go to any sport. Like say like there's a guy that's dominant in the sport and then he says like he's dominant, right? He's really he's more talented. I just keep thinking of Kobe when you say that. Oh yeah, this is let's say Kobe. Let's say Kobe, right? Let's say Kobe says I'm he's the best guy in sport, he's dominating, he's scoring everyone, he's he's doing all these things. And then this let's say Kobe says, and you know what I do to uh to do this? And people will be like, well, what do you do? And he says, uh, I jump rope every day for four hours, right? Now, there's no, like, science behind it that that is helping him. But because he's so good, right, he could literally say he does anything. And you people would be like, oh, this must be useful to his game. But no, it's really just because he's more talented. Now, if LeBron says, uh, every day I eat uh, three uh, raw eggs, mm-hmm. right? He could, LeBron could literally say he does anything and people would be like, why? Well, probably should try it because it's LeBron James. Yeah. And they would assume that some of that has to do with what his talent is. And they did this with like an MMA when they had, uh, Conor McGregor had a movement coach and they were like, everybody got a movement coach. 
But it wasn't the movement, Coach. It was Conor McGregor. He's just so talented that you could add anything and say that he does it, and people will will flock yeah. behind it. So that's kind of what happens to these trainers. That he has Canelo, so now he it's it. People want to know: is it Canelo or is it his trainer? And is it or is it just the perfect mesh together, those two? And it doesn't work for anyone else. There's a chance yeah. that that too. So I think that if Valdez tries to be a defensive boxer in this fight. It won't work. He'll have too many openings because it's not a style that he's used to. It's not a style that he does. He's really more aggressive fighter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I expect Burchell to win. I expect uh, Valdez to come in there to win. I expect him to... He puts a lot on his shots. I expect him early to be looking for big left hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect him to be right in the Burchell's chest. And I expect Burchell to be moving back, forward, side to side, and just landing big shots. Uh, he has a very good jab. He punches tall. He punches down. And um, that adds to his power. Um, Burchell, if I wanted to say a weakness where Valdez can maybe uh, see, is Burchell pulls straight back. Burchell also is very hittable when he tries to switch angles, when he tries to go to another side of you. Like he tries to move left or right. He stands up straight, hands drop. Um... Mm-hmm. And if, if Valdez is going to land a left hook, it's going to have to take that chance when Burchell chooses to switch aside. Now, maybe he could land a big shot and sleep Burchell. But the problem is, too, is Valdez is moving up in weight. So he's the power they had back then may not carry to where he is now. And we're going to find that out. But Burchell is in his weight. So I favor Burchell. That can, that can work against them? Gaining. Yeah, because, well, let's say you had power in one weight, but you go up another weight. Well, these are bigger men. So they might be able to take the power that you have. Mm-hmm. So a lot of so for a lot of guys the power doesn't carry. Oh, your power I see. diminishes so if you're as you go. Smaller weight and you gain it. It's like okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So uh, can you look up Burchell versus Valdez odds? I want to know what the odds are because I would favor if I'm putting money on this fight. I'm putting money big on Burchell, and I would put money on the prop that it's a stoppage. Okay. Does not see decision because this fight to me can no way can see decision. All right. Let's see. Um... I don't know how to read these. Okay, so Burchell opened up as a uh, minus 435 favorite. Uh, Valdez installed as a 310 favorite. Uh, Burchell is now a 455 favorite. So 455, you're going to have to put big money at Burchell uh, to get it. May not be worth it to that chance. I would, I, if I had the money to do it, I would put a big bet on him. See if you could turn your money or see if you could get like a little, you know, a little profit on it. But the I think the odds for... A KO would be better. A stoppage. It doesn't see decision. I would take Miguel Burchell for a stoppage victory. What did you rate this fight? This fight's a this fight is a three. I a rated three? this fight a three. It's a very good matchup. Uh, it's it's literally one of the best matchups you can see. Did I give it a three? I actually, wait, let me I want to confirm because I might give it a four. It feels Hold like on a four. One, as I'm second. About it. one second. One second. One second. One second. Because I could see myself talking myself into a four on this fight. Mm. Let me see here. Have you introduced the spreadsheet to your podcast yet? No, because it's a four. I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, it's a four. Because the matchup-wise, um, Burchell and Valdez are, are solid names in the boxing world. Maybe not to the whole, like, you know, like, general audience, but to the boxing world, they're solid names. Yeah, I really like this match. I thought it was one of the better matches of the year. The only reason why it's not a five is they're not superstars. Like, it's not... The whole world isn't, like, stopping, like, Tia and Lomachenko type of thing. But it's, it's still a very good fight. Um, top rank does is doing these like type of cards on ESPN, uh, and I, 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 you know, we really have to appreciate it because before you have to pay money for this type of fight, honestly. So, great fight. I put money on Burchell, uh, Burchell stoppage. 
Uh, let's go to the next card. Before you do that, though, we just watched uh, American Me. <laughs> okay. And I just keep thinking when you said they're both from Mexico, it's like, La Raza. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's, that's what this part is. It, it felt is really weird to not say that. So, <laughs> if you guys want to watch a movie, we just watched that one. It's pretty good. Oh, that's a great one. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. Good. And if you're Mexican, you will know every character. And then you'd be like, I've seen that guy mm-hmm. before. Yeah, I you're know like, them. I have a cousin. Uh, yeah, just, I have that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll go to the next card, which is an English card. It's Josh Kelly, right? Versus David Avenesian. And, uh, Are they both? Wait, where is this fight happening? Are they all together? It's ha- no, 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 no. This one is happening in England. Okay, where was the other one real quick happening? Uh, the other one's happening in Vegas, I believe. Vegas? Okay, okay. So this one's going to be in... England, I don't know. Yeah, okay. in the UK. Now, Josh Kelly is an Olympian for, uh, that fought for uh, the UK. Olympian boxer? Yeah, Olympian boxer. Okay. And um, he has uh, all the makings to be a star, right? But might not have the skill to be the star. So he's got the looks... Right? He's got the style. Um, his style is very flashy. It's actually like, if you wouldn't like... Um, he's kind of like a basketball player that dunks the ball really well. And like, so say like his highlights, if you just looked at like 10 second clips of his game, it'd be very impressive. Right? It'd be very, very impressive. Almost like a Zach Levine. I would say compare him to Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine, it doesn't have the skill set and the technique to ever be uh, James Harden LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, right? He doesn't have that. But he'll have a highlight where you'll be like, that's the looks like it could be the most talented guy on the court. That's what Josh Kelly is. He has highlights that look amazing. But when you watch it and you sit down and watch his game, the, the highlights are kind of few and far between sometimes. So he's only 10 fights in. I think maybe people are being a little tough on him because he's 10 fights in. How but old is he? He is 23 years old, I believe. Oh, okay. so he's, young. he's super young. Okay. Check that out. Josh Kelly, boxer. Just check his age because I want to make sure that I'm not... Because he did go to Olympics, so he might be like 24, 25. Josh but he's, Kelly? Yeah, Josh Kelly, boxer. But he is young. He only has 10 fights. And they're putting him in with David Avenesian. Now, Avenesian uh, claimed to fame is he beat Shane Mosley. 26. Old, 26. Okay, so he's 26. Still young, still only 10 fights. Uh, I don't think it's like make or break for him right now, but I think the kind of... Um, Match room is kind of treating it as if, like, this is, like, your push, right? So they're going to push him. Now, he's fa- facing David Avenesian, who, claimed to fame, is fighting Shane Mosley and beating Shane Mosley. An old Shane Mosley, but still, I guess it's a name on his resume. Mm-hmm. Now, Avenesian has been uh, has been, been in tough with, you know, like, a mean machine. Uh, you know, good fighters. Uh, has never won a big fight, besides the Shane Mosley one, of course. Um, but usually comes, usually, like... Um, a gatekeeper is what I would say. He's going to come in tough. Doesn't have a lot of skill, flat-footed, uh, but he's gonna, he could take a shot. He'll keep coming forward, uh, has some power. You know, I see a lot big mistakes in his game, but this is the thing. Can Josh Kelly separate himself from good fighters, right? Can Josh Kelly separate himself from a guy that's just tough, a guy that's just coming forward? This is where it's going to be because I think that Josh Kelly sometimes falls, from what I've seen, kind of falls apart mentally, right? Or kind of does too much. From what I see Josh Kelly, he's more athletic than skilled right now. Mm-hmm. But he's athletic. So that means that there is the ability there, but the skill's not there yet. Uh, he has some beautiful body work. He oversteps a lot of his shots. That's because he's so athletic. He's not, he, he could do some, uh, kind of reminds you like when Conor McGregor was fighting Floyd, he thought about, he would uh, do a, a side-to-side uh, movement that took Floyd's back in a boxing match. Now, it looks cool, but it's not really effective because you don't really have a punch up to go off of that. 
Josh Kelly does that sometimes. He's just so athletic that he can end up behind the guy. But there's it, there's no punch there. It looks better than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has no in-between work. And what I mean by in-between work is the work that you do between your explosive shots. He doesn't have that. He hasn't developed that in his game. And because he's so athletic and because he probably schools much lesser guys in the gym, he never really has to develop that. You would need to have tough sparring partners uh, on a, a great comp- good competition to really make you develop that part of your game. Because he's so athletic, uh, he's so explosive. He really hasn't got that part of his game yet, and that's what hasn't caught up to everything that with the hype. Um, he has very good balance. He does stare too much. Like I say, he doesn't have that in-between work. So if he's not landing an explosive shot, he kind of stays there waiting for you to punch and waiting for him to explode. And that's not really great. You can't really be elite and do that because guys are so good. They can start uh, taking apart that part of your game. They'll start predicting when you're jumping in. You have too many tells. Um, and you know, the thing about Josh Kelly is he really only fights on the inside. So this might actually be a pretty entertaining fight because Abanesian wants to fight on the inside. Usually has to work to get on the inside. I think Josh Kelly's going to give him the inside. So I think this could be a very entertaining fight. So, okay. I, for my people out of the three people that have subscribed. (laughs) You're laughing too hard at those three followers. I have stats here. So I have Josh Kelly standing at five... Six. Okay. Uh, yes, and then David Avenusian standing at five eight. And Josh Kelly's short. Yeah. Yeah. Short. They and then thirty two years old. Josh Kelly's twenty six. His reach for the reach for Josh Kelly is seventy two, and then I believe for David Avenusian is going to be sixty nine. Okay. Um, but also, okay, since we were talking about weights earlier, David Avenusian is actually, uh, so they're fighting welterweight, which is 140 to 170. Or, no, sorry. 147. 147. <laughs> sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's seven pounds. But I, um, David Avenusian is uh, mostly 152. So he's coming down. He's coming down in weight. He's coming down in weight, yeah. Which is... Um, you know, when, okay, so I was just talking about how the guy's going up in weight have a disadvantage. A lot of time when a guy comes down in weight, that usually means that he probably could have been there before and might be take, coming into this fight the best shape of his life because he's coming down in weight, right? So this could be a huge advantage for Abdonesian. Now, like I said, Abdonesian is limited. He puts his head down when he comes in. It's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And Josh Kelly loves uppercut. So there's a shot for Josh Kelly there where he could land a devastating knockout, highlight real knockout. I expect Josh Kelly to win this fight. But I don't think it's gonna still not gonna be impressive. I don't think that Josh Kelly is has the enough of the technique and skill and the work in between the big shots to separate himself from Indonesian. I expect maybe a rough fight, uh, both guys landing decent shots, but never really getting being able to get their offense fully off. And Josh Kelly just being a little bit prettier, a little more athletic, a little more uh, explosive. To steal rounds, and I think I'll take Josh Kelly in a close decision. So, if you're, if people don't know these fighters and their background, what is a good fight for each one, or to for someone to look up for each of these fighters before to get an idea of how they? If you really want to get hyped on Josh Kelly, just look up his highlights. Go to YouTube, look up Josh Kelly highlights, because if you see these highlights, you will be like, "How is this guy not the most famous person in boxing right now?" And that's how really amazing this guy's highlights are. Now, they're not a great, against great competition, but that's what he would look up. David Avenesian, look up against Shane Mosley. 
I would say that's his most credible name. You could also look up against Mean Machine. He loses that fight, but you could kind of see what his style is. And uh, he could take a shot. He can. Uh, he's going to come forward. He's tough. You, you, you look up those fights. That's the fights I, I, I looked up the Mean Machine one just to kind of see what, you know, what was effective on him. And I, I just see, like, he's so flat-footed. He's so, uh, he's so, uh, he's stiff, he's slow, but he's tough. He, he has, you know, he knows the tricks. So if you're in a certain punching range, he can land shots on you. If you guys break up in a clinch, he's going to punch while you're trying to back up. He has a few tricks you know, up his sleeve, uh, lead right hands. But like I say, he puts his hand, his head down. I expect Josh Kelly to catch him coming in um, a few times. We're going to see if Josh Kelly can finally get that leap where he looks like a next level above, uh, above just an all right guy. So, you know, it's interesting. Sorry to interrupt. No. But, so I'm doing my own little research on the side because, again, I know nothing. So I found these stats. So I just type in stats, right? And it kind of has this cool breakdown of, like, punching power, uh, opponents, punch resistance, ability to take a punch. And I think it's actually very interesting. They're pretty close. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see it. Like, I don't Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's surprisingly, like, I think... On paper, right, you might think, like, Josh Kelly's, like, supposed to win this fight. But if you look at it, it's actually a pretty good matchup. Like, I expect it to be a close fight. I really do. I expect it to be a, a close, competitive fight. Honestly, ever after I was doing this little bit of research, David Avenusian is Russian. And, I mean, they just usually dominate. Sports, <laughs> so tough. it was, like, pretty interesting. <laughs> like, ability to take a beating. His was a lot higher, so. I don't know if you've ever seen their hockey team, but these guys mean, they mean business. <laughs> you ever, look up Josh Kelly versus David Avenesian's odds. I want to know because I want to tell you how to bet it. I okay. expect, like I said, I expect Josh Kelly to win. Would and you I, give this fight? Huh? Would you give this fight? This is a two, Matt. This, this fight's a two. Um, Why so low? Because there's no big names. Uh, it, while it is kind of a competitive fight, it's kind of competitive because both lack of skill. Then mm. you know what I mean. Then a great really matchup. The under undercard is not great either. So matchroom has kind of put these kind of cards together. It's been a little disappointing, but you know my, this card might outperform the post fight grade. Okay, so I'm looking at the odds. Josh Kelly is only uh, minus one fifty five favorite. So I would bet that because I believe those are good odds, right? Um, a draw, either taking a shot, like I, I said this last time, taking a $100 shot at a draw on this card is not bad. I expect this fight to be su- kind of super close. Uh, but I would bet Josh Kelly, and I would bet the decision. Let's see if they have the decision in here. They do not. Um. Oh, yeah, rounds betting. D- Josh Kelly on points is plus 144, which is good odds. I would take that. So Josh, Ke- I would take Josh Kelly to win. I would take Josh Kelly on points. And I would also throw 100 on the draw because it might be a very close fight. Okay, going to the next one. This is UFC. UFC. Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades. Now, Derek Lewis is, to me, one of the most unskilled people in MMA. Okay, before we go any further, what's mm-hmm. the weight? Heavyweight. Heavyweight. These so, is that boys. 170? No, no, no. Heavyweight is 206 Oh, my above. gosh. Really? Yeah, I think it's 206 to 265 in the UFC. Boxing doesn't have a limit. So, they're going to be thick. They're going to be thick. <laughs> thick, thick. <laughs> Thick with three C's. Thick. Okay. I hate when you do that. That Trump thick? Yes. Okay. So Derek Lewis is uns is very unskilled. Right. That doesn't mean he can't fight. He's a good fight. He could fight. He just how do they get here if they're unskilled? Because the the problem is is a heavyweight, I will be honest with you, there's a lack of competition. 
there's not a lot of good heavyweight fighters. Okay. So you can get a guy that's super athletic, and you can say, go in here, and he will be effective if he just stays focused on fighting, right? And if he has a durable chin. Derek Lewis has a durable chin. He's extremely strong. He's natural strength, too. Not like weight strength. Naturally strong. If Derek Lewis grabbed my arm, he could probably rip it out of my body. He's insanely strong. But he's not skilled, okay? He is not skilled fighter. So this is... It's... He is the ultimate gatekeeper. This, before you go on, mm-hmm. the strength that you're explaining reminds me of how you talk about your brother Jojo. Yeah, my brother Jojo <laughs> is a naturally strong guy. Like that's strong. He's very like he's strong with weights, but my brother Jojo could be strong without weights. Like he could just pick up a refrigerator. Like he's that guy. He's like my brother Jojo is like if you have to move a couch and it's awkward. You would call him, right? There's no technique to picking up the couch, but he will pick up the couch. Okay, that's the kind of person. That's what Derek Lewis is. Derek Lewis is the kind of guy that could pick up an awkward couch. And he could pick up a refrigerator, like, real easy, right? He's that kind of strength. Now, you got Curtis Blades, who is very skilled. He's a okay. very skilled fighter. He's a wrestler. He, uh, he, he takes his time with this stand-up. He does all these things. And these guys are right next to each other in the rankings. I think Curtis Blades is going to win the fight just because he's a better wrestler. And Derek Lewis lacks the skill to keep Dirk Curtis Blades from taking him down. What but, are their moves? What are they, do they have, like, signature? You know. Okay, so Derek Lewis wants to keep the fight standing. Okay. Derek Lewis is... There used to be, like, a thing... Uh, there used to be a guy in the UFC called Tank Abbott. Now, Tank Abbott looked like a giant biker. And his fighting style was, like, brawler. Street fighter. That's what they would say he was. Right. And he just had a natural ability to fight. He wasn't very skilled. He just had like a... He probably was born able to throw a punch. Mm. Derek Lewis can't throw a very tactically good punch. But when he hits you, you go to sleep. People go to sleep, right? He's so ridiculously strong. He actually throws pretty athletic kicks. I give him credit for like how heavy Derek Lewis is. The way his body looks and everything. His kicks are pretty quick uh, and pretty athletic, I would say. I like the technique of his kicks. Curtis Blades... In shape, looks like a fighter, looks like an athlete, and I expect Curtis Blades, who is an effective wrestler, uh, to get a double leg because I think the double leg is the most effective thing in MMA. Besides, like a uh, you know, I just think it's the most effective thing. If you don't know how to fight, right? If you never thrown a punch, but you had a double leg, you could almost like compete in the UFC immediately. Curtis Blades has a double leg takedown. Derek Lewis is too big, has legs. Legs don't really have that much bend in them. That's why Cormier got him down so easy. I expect Curtis Blades to get him down easy. Now, the fight's standing up. Curtis Blade is a one right hand type of person. He doesn't have a left hand. He hasn't developed it yet. Um, I don't really see kicks in his game. He has a, uh, knees in the clinch, but he had to get on the inside. And I don't think you want to be on the inside holding Derek Lewis's back of his head trying to control him while he has two hands free. So I don't expect to see knees in the clinch. I expect Derek Lu- uh, Curtis Blades to be very cautious, stay on the outside, and get a takedown as soon as he can on Derek, Lewis's, on Derek Lewis's leg. And once he gets Lewis down, I don't think Lewis can get back up. He doesn't have the technique, jiu-jitsu-wise, to get back up. He doesn't have the legs to do it. He's all upper body strength, and on a good wrestler, it's just not going to work because he's going to have too much. Uh, he's going to have too much weight on top of you. He's going to know how to distribute his weight to where you just pushing with your upper body is not going to get the space you need. Uh, but like I said, Curtis Blades is pretty predictable standing up, even though he looks more technically better. Him and Derek Lewis are basically, uh, Derek Lewis is better technically standing, a uh, better tack, uh, standing up than, uh, Curtis Blades. Yeah. And, uh, if they're both trading right hands, I, exp- if, if that's how Curtis Blades fights this fight, well, Derek Lewis will put him to sleep. So I don't expect that though. I expect a takedown. I think, uh, Curtis Blades is the notch above the 
gatekeeper, mm-hmm. but he can't be champion because of a man named Francis Nagano who's already knocked him out twice. So he's in a real interesting spot. I believe this is his last fight on the UFC contract. He might be his last fight in the UFC because they're never going to give him Nagano again. So he might be going to Bellator. But he can leave very impressively, taking down Derek Lewis, smothering him, pounding him, and fi- and getting a stoppage, which I expect if I was betting this fight, I bet Curtis Blades, I bet a stoppage. Um, and that's why I see this fight. Do you have any questions on this one? Mm, I just like them knowing their stories. Like, where are they from? So Derek Lewis is from Alabama. Okay. Check that because I'm not 100. <laughs> percent I said that so confident, and then I was thinking, am I thinking of Dante Wilder? Derek but uh, Derek, Lewis? and he has one of the most. Uh, he has like a like you know those meme pages on Instagram where they just post a bunch of memes. Yeah. He has that. That's what his Instagram is. Oh like, my gosh! Are you serious? Yeah. What's uh, a right. what's Derek Lewis from? Uh, okay, so it's still loading. Let's see. Let's see. He is from. Louisiana. Louisiana. New okay. Orleans. New Orleans. And he's pretty funny. He has like a, he's a like, you know, like he's an interesting personality. He says like a lot of like pretty ridiculous stuff. Like he took off, uh, he took off his shorts after a fight and they said why? And he said, cause his balls were hot. So like, he's just like, you know, he say whatever he's come to his mind type of guy. Okay. Now Curtis Blades. I'm not sure where Curtis Blades is from. Right, um, let's see. I know he's a, I know he was a good wrestler, but I don't, I'm not sure where he's from. So let's find that out. So shout out to Google. Uh, he's from... Pressure's on. Pressure's on. Illinois. Illinois, there you go. So, yeah. Chicago. I love Chicago. Um, he's from Chicago? Or is he's it? from, like, a city right outside of Chicago. Oh, okay. Chicago. So, yeah, so, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a good matchup, like, rankings-wise. It's not, like, something that I'm super excited for, because I don't really believe Curtis Blades could be champion. He would really need uh, Francis Dangano. To lose to, like, Stipe or John Jones for him to, like, really have a legit shot because he's not going to be Nagano. Um, and Derek Lewis is never going to be champion. So it's just, it's it's a matchup that the two guys in the rankings, they needed to get him fights, and this is the fight they made. So I expect Curtis Blades. Uh, what, are the, what are the odds on this fight, Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis? Uh, like I said, I w- I'm betting Curtis Blades, but I think the odds might be too one-sided in his favor. Blades versus Derek Lewis. Let's see. Odds. Sure. Sure. On, on. Uh, so Blades is at do you say 380. So he's a 380 favorite. So you, that when, it, when they say 380, that means you have to bet 380 to make 100. Got it. Okay, so that's when it's a negative. And then Lewis is plus 300. Plus yeah, so okay. Blades is a pretty decent favorite. Um, it's like one of those things, right? Like, okay, that's like you have to bet 380 to win 100. That's like it's, it's big odds, but... I feel so confident, like, in Curtis Blades in this fight. Like, if you bet uh, 7... What would that be? 760? Yes. 760, right? And you're going to make 200 on top of that? I know you're risking 760, but I feel so confident in Curtis Blades. Like, it's almost like a free 200. Like, in my opinion. Now, I'm sure the odds are even better for a stoppage for Curtis Blades, which I, I expect he would get. Um, because just because... Not that he was going to knock out Derek Lewis, but he'll mm-hmm. just be hitting him too much from the top that the ref will be, probably be like, hey, you got you know, we're going to have to stop it. Can't let you get hit this much. So I think I would give my money on Curtis Blades and I would get a stoppage. I uh, love this part of the podcast where, like, whenever you do this, because it's always so funny when we're watching the fight and then it just doesn't go the way oh, you yeah. thought. And, like, your jaw just drops and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's 
so funny. Oh my gosh, I love it because you you're so and that's what I always say like timing, I believe in it so heavily is just I don't know. Sometimes you you can study these people and then I don't know what it is, nerves the day of or they're just, you know, whatever, something happens and the fight just goes complete opposite. Wasn't it that that fight last weekend with UFC? What's that girl? The the Mexican girl. Oh yeah, uh Gasol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were so confident in the other girl, and she just found her moment and just went with it. it yeah, was, it was you know, great. I was super confident in uh, Bar, in, Bar, in uh, <laughs> I think her name is Barbie. I don't know what her name is. I don't even care anymore. She cost, she cost me. It's gonna be like that. But uh, oh. I had uh, people like yeah. I had like people being like, "Oh, you're way off on that pick," and I was scouting it, and I'm just like, "Well, this girl's like more tech. She's technically could do more." And she couldn't, and then she came out with like the worst style ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I was just, around. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was just like, "What yeah. is this? This isn't what I scouted, what I saw." But yeah, I thought. So I just said the curse plays is free money. Watch him get knocked down the first round. <laughs> but I, I think it's free but that's, money. That's what I'm here for. To just I don't know. It's just funny when we are watching a fight and something something just happens that I'm trying to think of uh, any other. The only one I always reference it to, but it's just the best example is. Luke Campbell taking down Ryan Garcia. Your the knockdown. You just were like, no. <laughs> but I did. But I, to be fair, I did think that was a good fight. I didn't think that he would drop no, Ryan no, Garcia, no, but no. I did think that was going to be a good fight. But but it was it was that's what I mean. It's just something just happens. Like I don't know. So that's what makes all of this really exciting. But yeah, I that's love what... when you have like your confident um, opinion, mm-hmm. and then it's just something. And I'll be honest with you. When you put money on the fight, and like I haven't put money on a fight in a while, but when you put money on a fight. It does make sure your interest is one hundred percent in. Like, like uh, when betting becomes legal everywhere, the fight game better get fully committed into that. Because someone puts money on a fight, it's quick. It happens. Uh, you're fully. People are fully invested. Like when yeah. they do that, that's like the everything. Like fighting has like. Fight, people are saying fighting is dipping, right? Like it's not the big sport like football and everything like that. Yeah. Sports betting and social media is gonna hit. At a perfect time, right? Like with TikTok, with Instagram, it's just going to increase fighting to another level because fighters can have their own. Fighters don't have teams. They don't have rules on them. They can be whatever they want. They can express whatever they want. Yeah. Without getting in trouble. So they could be on TikTok and they could be TikTok superstars like Ryan Garcia, like um, like the Paul brothers. I mean, I don't really call them boxers, but the Paul brothers, they give you a blueprint of like what it's going to be like, right? And it's going to be an extreme where fighters, MMA fighters, boxers, are going to be on social media. They're going to be social media stars. People are going to watch them because boxing is all and MMA is fun to watch train as well. You uh-huh. can watch small clips of people, person hitting the bag and it's highly entertaining. And that's going to go hand in hand with sports betting because you're going to be able to bet off your TV and you're going to be able to bet right before every fight. And it's going to make you fully interested in every fight that's happening. So I think that those two are going to hand in hand to really raise the sport. And I know I feel it when I say a pick, I may not be betting it. But I know I told people to put their money on it, so I really want it to happen. And I end up rooting for my pick so much. And when it doesn't happen, like you said, I'm just there, my jaw on the ground, like, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. And, and I have to week, lean over and, like, pick it up for and, <laughs> and last week was not, not great for me on bets. But I think this week is a good chance to make some money if you guys are betting on the sport. Uh, and I think this the bets I gave you are pretty decent. Anything else, Dan? Mm, I think that's it. This has been The Mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. And I will I will try to get next week two mouthpiece, one recapping these fights, one previewing next week's fights, and also uh, got to bring back the weigh-in. We need a clip. Yeah. Got a, I need a clip up this week. Yeah. So I'll have no, a clip a up next week. Do. Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you.